0: Welcome to As We Live, a podcast aimed at helping you connect to the living God. Hey, I'm excited to do a uh, podcast today with Luke Kipfer on leadership. Now, Luke, he didn't know anything about this. And I think that part of leadership is uh, the ability to get people to do things that they didn't want to do, especially if you can make them think that it's their own idea. (laughs) So (laughs) it looks like this might be more your idea than you think. Um, Luke, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. What do you do? What's what's reverb? Talk to me.
1: Well, Steve, I, I'm delighted to be on the, the program with you today. And, and uh, you know, leadership's a big topic, right? And uh, I I was, you know, seriously challenged in my personal leadership because we kind of learned leadership by what we saw growing up. But when I started a nonprofit in Asia a number of years ago, and I, I still remember that first meeting with my first team, you could have cut the air in the room with a knife. I mean, the tension was so thick because I had a wonderful plan for their lives, right? <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, and I'm a nice guy, right? I've got friends, and, they're, you know, here's where we're going. Here's our vision, and, and uh, I've got a wonderful plan for your lives. Here's, here's how we're going to do it. But uh, Dr. Jim Shockey with the Southern Baptists uh, became a friend of mine and and living there in in Chiang Mai, Thailand, uh, invited me to a Lead Like Jesus event. And that really transformed my leadership. I began to realize that Jesus is the greatest leadership role model ever. Absolutely. And what's crazy is that Jesus didn't have a title and a position. Mm -hmm. And most people think of leadership in terms of my title. I'm boss, I'm CEO, Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. pastor, I'm manager, whatever. But leadership is not about position primarily. It's about, it's about relationship, right? Do people trust me? Am I a leader worth following? And so, man, I was learning leadership running this organization called Global Tribes Outreach at the time in Thailand. And uh, everything had to change because based on the model of Jesus, it's about building relationship, building trust, becoming somebody worth following. And so, um, that's really where things started out for me was directing that nonprofit, moved back to North America eventually. And, and, uh, you know now I speak in the business world, the nonprofit world travel around the world with a nonprofit called the Reverb Network. Uh, my wife and I live in uh, Chicago, you know we're empty nesters, so you know I, I'm able to travel quite freely these days, but you know I work in the business world, I work in all these different worlds, but i it, it always comes back to the model of leading, loving, and serving like jesus for me I, I use it in the business world I use it in the nonprofit world and uh Again, this is not original with me. I mean, it's the Bible, right? You, you just can't get any better than Jesus on leadership. And frankly, you know, people look at, at, at Jesus as a leadership role model and say, man, he, he had 12 disciples. One turned out really bad. The church didn't start till after he left. Why would I look at Jesus on leadership? Like, this doesn't even make sense. I mean, he's Savior, he's Shepherd, he's Lord, he's all these other metaphors. But leadership? You're kidding me, right? <laughs> and uh, yet I have found the model of Jesus with his disciples as the greatest model ever.
0: One of the things that somebody said to me, I'm going to run this by you, and you can go back to this reverb thing out of that, but a statement that leadership is leveraging everything you have received from God for the success of the kingdom in others.
1: You know, that is so powerful because Jesus said to his disciples, greater works you will do when I go back to the Father right? A leader is successful if he raises up successors. So many leaders want it to be about their time on earth. But mm-hmm. what about legacy? Mm-hmm. I mean, everything started after Jesus left. He set those guys up for, for success, right? I mean, that's what makes you a successful leader. It's not necessarily, I mean, it might be, include what you've done while you're here, making the world a better place, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But it's also how many people did you set up for success, right? Leveraging their resources, which includes the people that God gave you, the, your steward of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. And gals, and, and and like Jesus had twelve, but he had the seventy. He had he had a number of people that he was developing. But, uh, yeah, it is setting them up for success. It's leveraging them for the kingdom of God, which is exactly what Jesus did.
0: So you have some kind of a little leadership, like, training thing that, that Mark is doing around here. Talk to us about that. Yeah. How can a person find out about that or sign up? or?
1: Absolutely. So uh, th- there's a great friend of mine in the area here by the name of Mark Slaybaugh and he's been developing these, these, these leaders. In fact, I just met him for lunch two days ago, and, and uh, he said, Man, Luke, he said, I'm seeing guys transform before my eyes. That's what he told me. He said, I, I'm seeing these guys literally change before my eyes. And, and, he, and it's like a four-year program. Like, we take people through this. And, and, and it goes all the way back to Uganda, Steve. We were, we were doing this lead like Jesus thing in Uganda, my friend Fred and I, and with another group of people. And Sunday morning, I was invited to speak in this Ugandan church. And the pastor – now, now when you go to – you know this, Steve. When you go to another country, <laughs> I mean, they kind of like, like want to serve you. They want to honor you, all this kind of stuff. And this pastor had the guts to say to me, Luke, you guys have amazing material, but you're going about it all wrong. And I knew that already, because I, I said, I'm never coming back to Uganda because the program we had brought in there was so Americanized. It was, you know, PowerPoint projectors and computers, mm-hmm. and we're running through generators and power is cutting off. It's just ridiculous. Like they can't reproduce that. And that's one of the biggest things about Jesus model of leadership. It's reproducible. Like if you've got a model that you can't reproduce, it's not going to become a movement, right? Mm-hmm. And so this pastor, I just said, man, this guy is awesome. I his name is, is Apostle Daniel, right there, Apostles in Africa. And I, I just said, I can work with this guy. Because he told me kind of the the the, the Methodist vision, which is Wasn't it John Wesley who said, give me 50 men who hate nothing but sin and love nothing but God and I'll turn the world upside down? Wasn't that John Wesley? I I think so. I think so. He basically said the same thing to me. He said, Luke, let's get 50 leaders and go deep and we'll turn Africa upside down. And so that's what we did, Steve. We went back for the next four years, Fred and I did, and we invested in a small group of leaders. And I mean no more than 10 to 20 people. In fact, we went into Liberia. Uh, Cameroon and Uganda, those three countries, we developed no more than 50 leaders. And within four years, there was like five or 6,000 leaders that were being trained in this model. Wow. And all we wow. worked with were 50, 50 people, right? Mm-hmm. Because what we did, they did with others. We used simple... Handouts like one page. <laughs> like we didn't. We we just said no technology because that's not reproducible, right? In right?
0: there, in there, and we culture. used
1: the model of Jesus, and we added mm-hmm. layer to layer. And and every time we would do a training or a teaching, they had to train and teach their people. Mm-hmm. And there was coaching lessons that were built into this. We've got this this four year program now, and Mark is doing it here in the county. But man, it was so cool to see God take this simple little thing and begin to build it into thousands of leaders' lives. And, and I'm telling you, in, in in Africa, you know, it's a very top-down, right? It's yeah, all about yeah. the apostle. It's all about the pastor.
0: Sitting in a big chair somewhere that everybody comes in and kneels down to. You know what, Steve? It's funny you said that. I, in Uganda,
1: we, we were brought into this church to teach on serving leadership, and when we came into the office, the pastor was literally sitting on a throne. <laughs> I believe you. I, I've never <laughs> seen anything like that. I mean, that little platform, the thing was elevated. We're all sitting around in little plastic chairs. And this dude is on a throne. He's got snakeskin boots. He's got a three-piece suit. And we're going, oh, my goodness. we got to train on serving. Le-. I mean, one of his attendants comes into his office and kneels down in front of him, right, and looks up at him. And well, I was what, just what like, you whoa. expect
0: him to know? I mean, they're watching Benny Hinn. Exactly,
1: exactly. Well, I mean, we went in there. We taught leadership on the model of Jesus for two days. And to his credit, you know, at, at the end of the event, he gets up in front of his congregation. There were several hundred people. He's like, guys, my leadership's going to really change. He amen. said, this, this, this model of amen. Jesus, it was powerful to see this guy acknowledge what I'm doing
0: top down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, it has some flavors in it. Oh, that it's Do incredible. not remind anybody of Jesus Christ. That's right. Yeah. Amen. And
1: unfortunately, Steve, you know, in the Mennonite world that I grew up in, I, I, I can still picture those big, and I, in fact, I was in one of these Mennonite churches, I'm, I'm the Canadians, right? It's I'm a Canadian. You would never see this in America. Unfortunately, you do. <laughs> in fact, at the seminary I went to, it had it had as well. The big fancy chairs behind the pulpit. Yes. They're little, little thrones. And what are, we, what are we even just showing people? I, I was in, actually, it was here in Lancaster of all things, Steve. This is a number of years ago. I won't na- name the church. But I remember in the meeting before the service, they said, if you are licensed or ordained, you get to speak from behind the pulpit. If not, you got to speak from below. And I'm like, well, I'm a walker. Like, I'm a walker and talker. I want to be below. But the moment they found out that I was licensed, I had to speak from behind the pulpit. Like, that's sacred space for a certain group of people, right? I mean, what are we modeling to people with these thrones, these big fancy chairs, or these titles and these positions? And Jesus says, call
0: no man your father. Well, it's an interesting thing because, like, when my dad was the bishop of the church where I grew up, and he said, as long as... As I am going to be the bishop here, there's not going to be two pulpits. (laughs) There is one father, and all of us are brethren. And he said, Anybody in this place that gets up here to talk is going to talk in the same place that I'm at. Yeah. And we drove junk cars, had brand new tractors, but drove junk cars. That's right. And I asked him why one time, and he said, Because my car is going to be as bad. As the poorest yeah. person in church. Yeah. And I think there's there's something to be said for for some of that kind of consciousness because, like, the stuff that you're talking about, there's nothing inside of me that bears witness with that right. as far right. as leadership. So it's, if I wanted to – these things that Mark's running, they're called pods?
1: Uh, phases. We it's phase, phase one, phase, phase two, phase, the, phase the, the three, phase guys, four. The group of guys. Oh,
0: yeah. We just call them cohorts. Cohorts. Yeah. So if I want to join a cohort, how do I do that?
1: Well, I mean, the best thing would be to to contact, you know, Mark Slaybaugh or I could co- connect, but so I, I would there, just is say. Is there a website? Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is I would go to ReverbNetwork.org. Okay. ReverbNetwork.org. And, uh, you know, there's a place you can email us, and we'll put you in touch with Mark. We'll, we'll connect you if you're from the, the Lancaster. and we. I mean, this isn't just in Lancaster, obviously. We're, we're doing stuff around the world now, but it's.
0: So if I want to really get, I want to really get my. Uh... Uh, get a, a shot in the arm about this leadership thing, and really get something going quick. Yeah, you have you have these—I uh, uh, don't know what you call them—out in Estes Park, Colorado. Yes, I want to yes. go to one of those things. <laughs> I'm telling you what. And you take people out and feed them steak, and then make them climb a mountain. Talk yes. to me about that.
1: It's a five star experience, no doubt, and especially with the food. Uh, but we, we, you know, with a COVID year, everything's kind of up in the air. And, and God gave me this idea to teach leadership on my stage because I can't go to a lot of stages right Absolutely. now, right? And so invited them out to Colorado, my family and I. We've been climbing uh, fourteen thousand foot mountains in Colorado for a number of years. We've got. I was like, man, I I can merge leadership and mountain and hiking and and. Uh, you know it's just beautiful out there. Absolutely. So so we did this in September. Uh, the groups filled up very quickly. I'm actually uh, uh, got seven different trips planned for next year. And if you go to my business website, which is lukekipfer.com, and my last name Kipfer is kind of hard to spell, so I'll, I'll I'll spell it out here in a moment. And then forward slash Kamla, which is Colorado Mountain Leadership shortened. Okay. So it's Luke forward slash Kamla. Uh, You can get all the information on these trips and and how to become, how to get involved. And and I teach leadership along the way while we're out there hiking and, and, and when we drive up, to the top of a 14er. There's, there's actually two that you drive up to the top. And then we give everybody an opportunity. It's, it's optional. You don't have to go hiking. Uh, this past September, we, t- we got 19 out of 20 guys, Steve, to the top. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And that's yeah. the 14,000-foot mountain. So I might be the one breathing. in the
0: back you'd have to pull. But no, I, no, no, I, no. We'd I, get I, you up, brother. We,
1: <laughs> we'd get you up. But, but uh, uh, the website, lukekipfer.com is L-U-K-E and then K-U-E-P-F. That's Paul Frank, E-R.com. Forward slash comla, which is C O M L A. C O M L A. And that'll that'll get you to all those trips.
0: Awesome. Or people can connect with you on social media. Yes. You're on Twitter, you're on Facebook Twitter, Facebook,
1: YouTube. Yes. Awesome.
0: So they can look you up there and contact you and say, Hey, I want to go on one of those trips and Absolutely. You know, forward them some information. That is just that that's really cool. I want you to talk to me a little bit. Uh, one time when we were visiting, just personally, you went off on me yep. about the three temptations that a person has got to get past yeah. before they walk into leadership, I thought that that was absolutely profound. Give yeah. me a rendition of that here.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I, I'd like to jump into that in just a moment. I want to go back before I set that up just to say one more thing about Jesus on leadership is that he was all about doing the will of his father. Yes. And this is going to set us up for the temptations mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he said, I am here to do my father's will. And, and I think we're sometimes messed up on Jesus simply because we see Jesus only post-resurrection, right? And so we worship him as Lord. We worship him as, as the leader, right? But pre-resurrection, pre-crucifixion, Steve, he was the lamb that was slain, right? He, mm-hmm. was, uh, he was this timid, not timid, uh, humble, he wasn't mm-hmm. this reigning Lord, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus is doing is he's giving you and I a model to follow, because we we're in our pre-resurrected bodies. We're in our okay. pre-resurrected state. And as far as I know, none of us have been crucified and and hopefully not, not um, lately. we might be <laughs> after this podcast. But but you know, this this idea of bishops and and pastor so-and-so, and and we love these titles and positions and these 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 places and Seats of honor. I mean, the Pharisees and Sadducees. Right? We should get this. Mm -hmm. Jesus, on the other hand, when they tried to make him king, he'd sneak off to the backside of the desert. Right? It wasn't about him being this top dog leader. He was. He was incredibly (laughs) humble. Yet he was focused, fixated on going to the cross.
0: So he knew his identity, and he knew his value. Yes. Before he walked into a position, and I think that's such a big deal because if people don't understand value. And they don't understand their position, and then they walk into identity. I'm sorry, they don't understand their value and they don't understand their identity, and they walk into a position. They begin to try to extract value and extract identity from position. Well, instead of bringing it into position. So Jesus knew exactly, I mean, at 12 years old, he already knew those things. And so by the time he hit 30, of course he knew it. And, and it coming from God, so when he walked in there, he didn't have to try and get it out of the position because I think that destroys a lot of people. That might be a bunny trail, but right. go ahead. No, no, actually
1: it's a great segue to the temptations because you take a look at every one of those, and we're going we're gonna to focus on Matthew's chronology because okay. Luke switches the last two temptations around. But Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes through these three great temptations. He's led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And you're talking about identity. Notice that every one of those temptations are prefaced with, if you are the son yes, of God,
0: right? A direct pot shot at identity.
1: It's incredible. And, and, you know, every one of us has to figure out who am I and whose am I? Who do I really belong to, right? Who really am Amen. I? Amen. Right? And these three temptations are temptations that every leader faces, you know, that Jesus went through. And he had to go through that before he goes down to the beach and says, well, those guys come follow me right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, fun, it's funny. Those guys throw down their nets. They throw down everything to follow Jesus, right? Their, their source of security, their, their, right? their, their nets, their fishing, their careers, mm-hmm. everything. Why would they follow Jesus? He has no position. He has no title. He's, no fair, he's not really a, an official rabbi, I don't think at this point. I mean, he's kind of known as a rabbi maybe, but really, I mean, why was he worth following? And I think it's because he conquered those three temptations. And I think when you wow. and I can conquer these temptations, Steve— and there's nothing wrong with title and position. Don't get me wrong. I, if you're a pastor, if you're a boss, CEO, it's okay to say, hey, I'm the director of this, the, the manager. There's nothing wrong with position and title. But if you're relying on that, right, and it's all about you, Jesus did not show up in our world wearing a T-shirt that said, I am, deal with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he was the great I am. People say, you know, I'm the boss. That's right. And you're nothing. Right. Which makes me boss over nothing. That's exactly right. And (laughs) if you have to tell
1: people you're the boss, you're probably not the boss, right? Um, But Jesus had no position and title, and yet look at how they said his authority is unlike the scribes and Pharisees, right? He had a relational authority. He had a a spiritual authority because he conquered these three temptations, Steve. And 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 he turned the world upside down through his followers, right? And that's just an incredible model. So he's being led in, into the wilderness by the by the by the tempt uh, by the spirit, and the tempter comes along. He's been fasting forty days and forty nights. He's extremely hungry, and the first temptation is, "If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread." That's right. And and you know, Steve, you can relate to this, right? We come home from work, we're extremely hungry. We're kicking the little stones as we walk up the driveway, going, "Man, I'm so hungry. I wish I could turn them into M and M's." No, it never happens. I mean, I've never been that hungry that I want to turn stones into M&Ms or bread or whatever, right? I just, so I kind of read that temptation and go, I, I can't relate to this. But really, we can because it's all about instant gratification. Mm. I want what I want, and I've got the power to do it, and I'm going to use you. I'm going to use my resources to get what I want for me in the moment. Now. Now. That's instant gratification. And every leader who's worth following says no to instant gratification because they realize leadership's not about them. Leadership is about leading at a higher level for a higher purpose. It's it's about doing what's right for people. It's about doing what's right for the kingdom. It's about something greater than me. That
0: is really good stuff. Right. Because I, I mean, see that trip so many people. Uh, it's just, it's it's a thing that when you see it operating in somebody. For me, I just am immediately sticking it in reverse and backing up because I know inherently that the person's not safe.
1: Yeah, that's right. They're not a person worth following, really. I, I mean, I, somebody who denies instant gratification and you know they've got your best in mind, and and sometimes you don't like it. Like, like I think about my children, right? Like, like we have to have this conversation, son, not because it's going to make you feel good, or you know, it might be about waking up when the alarm goes off, or it might be about getting your chores done or whatever it is, but because he knows that I'm a good, good father, right? That He knows I've got his best in mind. He'll sit down he'll listen, he might even obey and go against what he wants to, what he feels like doing, right? Because I have his best in mind. It's not mm-hmm. about me gratifying my father desires or whatever it is, right? A, right? a good leader has his people's best in mind. And sometimes that means tough love, tough stuff, right? But, but when, when there's a leader that, that, that denies instant gratification, it makes me want to follow a person like that. You know they're not about themselves, right?
0: That's right. Like
1: look at Bernie Eggers or uh, Kenneth Lay with the Enron and the WorldCom scandals mm-hmm. like 10, 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Like they were Sunday school teachers. Did you know that? Sunday know school that. teachers. <laughs> and they raped their companies of, of I think literally billions of dollars in retirement, right? Why? Because it was about gratification. It was about serving themselves. It wasn't about serving the best. Right. So that's the first temptation, is, is deny instant gratification, right? Jesus says man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I live at a higher level, I live at a higher purpose as Jesus. And that set him up to be a leader worth following. When you and I can deny instant gratification, that's the first step to becoming a leader worth following. Awesome. The second temptation, Steve, is uh and again, Matthew and Luke, switch them around. I'm not really sure why, but we'll take Matthew's chronology, which is where um, Satan takes him to the top of the temple. Now, you, you got some churches around here, you know, like the one right here that has a steeple, right? Mm-hmm. And every time you drive past a church with a steeple, you're tempted to get out, you know, climb to the top of the steeple, put your Superman cape on and leap <laughs> off, right? I mean, that's just a temptation we all yeah, deal with, right?
0: I've never felt that one. Lancaster County,
1: ahead. maybe it's a silos, right? You want to go to the top of the <laughs> silos and leap off and just kind of Parachute to the ground with your Superman cape. I've never been tempted to do that. And in fact, if, if people are, Steve, they ought to see you, a counselor, and, <laughs> and uh, kind of figure out what's going on inside. So I read that temptation. I go, I can't relate to this. But what's the real temptation? The, the real temptation in that is Jesus leap off the temple and glide down in front of all those top gun leaders, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the scribes, and announce yourself, I am Messiah. I have come, right? I mean, they've been looking for him. What better way to announce yourself? Steve, we've got the American Idol. We've got we all these shows. People want fame. They want to have mm. notoriety. They want to mm. be known. And what does Jesus do? He sneaks off into the desert. Jesus doesn't want to be made king, right? Jesus is all about the kingdom, about his father's will. He wasn't yes. about making a name for himself, right? So, so the second temptation is about using my God-given gifts, abilities, and talents, because we've all got something. And, and some people, you know, especially in the Anabaptist, Mennonite, Amish culture, uh, you know, we, we, we sometimes shove our, our talents in the dirt like that. You know, remember that parable mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. The, the, the guy actually buries his talent? That's a false humility. But then the, the, the other side of it is the pride, where we use our gifts and abilities to make us look good. And what Jesus did is he said, I'm not going to announce myself. I'm not going to be the super Messiah. I'm not going to use my God-given gifts, abilities, and talents for my glory, but for my Father's glory. Amen. And when I meet a leader, Steve, that is not about themselves, they're using their God-given gifts to make their Father, the father famous, the kingdom, right? Amen That's a leader worth following. yes, they're not about themselves. yes so that's the second temptation. and the final one, and we can we can do a wrap with this is is and again, I, I, I don't know, can you relate to this? Uh, Jesus has taken up to a high place, he's shown all the kingdoms of this world. Steve, have you ever had the devil tap you on the shoulder and say, "Hey, I'll give you Mexico."
0: <laughs> I'm telling you if and the man devil you tap me on the shoulder, we'd have a problem
1: already. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Canada, right? you could have you have all the kingdoms of this world I, I've never Never dealt with that temptation. So I kind of run over that temptation so I can't relate to this. But really, you and I can because that temptation is all about a shortcut to success. Wow. Think about it. I mean... Satan's coming to Jesus wow. saying, I know what happened back in the garden because I was there. I really messed things up when I offered that fruit <laughs> to Adam and Eve, right? I mean, Eve took the fruit and gave it to Adam. And 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 I really screwed things up back then in, in the beginning. And I know why you've come, Jesus. You've come to set the world right. You've come to kind of figure this and, – and, You know, it says later in scripture that had the devil known, he would have never crucified the Lord Mm -hmm, of glory. mm -hmm. So we're not we don't I don't think the devil knew exactly how Jesus was going to do it. But he's offering him a shortcut saying, I know why you've come and I'm going to give it to you on a silver platter. Now, there's just one little caveat, one little fine print here at the bottom of the contract. Jesus, before you sign it, you need to know three seconds on your knees worshiping me and we're good to go. You can have the kingdoms. I took them away right? When I, when I tempted Eve in the garden, the, in a sense, man, mankind gave the kingdom over to the devil, right? And now you can have it back, Jesus, just three seconds on your knees. In other words, here's a shortcut to success. And Steve, every one of us have been tempted with shortcuts, right? I, I mean, it gets as silly as I'll cheat on my taxes so I can give more to charity. <laughs> I'll give more to straight paths foundation if I, if I cheat. On, I mean, how ridiculous is that? But people are compromising their integrity, their character, they're taking shortcuts, and Jesus said no. In his spirit, in his mind, it was, I will take the long, hard road to the cross. That's why I've come, Wow. and I am not going to compromise. I'm not going to take a shortcut. Steve, three temptations, deny instant gratification, use your God-given gifts, abilities, and talents for the Father's glory, and number three, there are no shortcuts. I think Beverly Sills said this one time, no shortcuts to any place worth going. I will not sell my soul to the devil to get what I want, right? Amen. I will not make a, I, I think I've heard you say this so many times, Steve, making agreements with Satan. Yes. That's, Jesus said, no way, Jose. I, I am going not to do what it takes, seconds. not even for three seconds to get what I want, to get, a, to get the kingdoms back, because that's what the temptation was. Jesus said to become a leader worth following. I submit to my father, and I submit to his way to accomplish it. And Jesus became a leader worth following, Steve. He gave us the greatest model ever. And you and I today, honestly, this is where a lot of people also mess up. Is they go, I can't be like Jesus. But you know what? Jesus never pulled out his God card. In those temptations, he he overcame them just like you and I can. Right? He didn't pull out his God card when things went tough and said, hey, I can I can overcome this by jumping into God mode right now. He kept himself at the level of a human being. Philippians Uh, Chapter 2, right? He, He made himself lower than the angels. He never pulled out his God card to overcome. You and I can overcome those three temptations, Steve. You and I can become leaders worth following, and that'll take us much
0: farther than any title or position ever will. Wow. So he became a leader worth following, even while he knew that his steps were taking him directly to a cross. That's amazing. I think a lot of times the whole idea of the cross, the idea that we are going to have to go through tough things because it is in those tough things that God is cutting out of us. Some of these very desires, the desire for instant gratification to make ourselves big um, and shortcut to success. Yeah, it's it's in the tough things that we go through that those things are pulled out. And if we surrender to them or, you know, we can take a shortcut around and try to find an easy way. Look, you're very passionate about leadership. I love it. I would like to have you come back here and do about 14 more. But for right now, we're going to wrap this up. God bless you. Thanks for being here today. Thank you,
1: Steve. It's been a great time with you. Thank you for listening to As We Live. To submit questions, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at As We Live Podcast.